podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. This episode contains some strong language. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton, James Vatula. And this week, we've actually got a special guest with us. Um, for you, all of you watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see him already. For people who are listening on Apple Podcasts um, and Spotify, we've got um, Brendan Van Stark from the Netherlands Watford fan group with us this week as well. Um, so he's going to be helping us out, um, talking over the performance, our thoughts on the hierarchy, our thoughts on Claudio Ranieri potentially leaving the club as well um because mike's unavailable this week so we, we thought right let's get a third person in um james knows brendan very well from his work from the watford way as well i've watched the channel for ages as well and brendan's really good so no pressure tonight brendan um, but yeah <laughs> let's go over to you boys and see how you're doing after that performance um before we get our teeth into this because i'm not looking forward to talking about this um so if you can cheer me up about what you've been up to this weekend boys um james come to you first how are you doing, mate? Uh, I'm very well. I mean, the match had a little bit of everything. We had fireworks, we had a red card, we had floodlights failing, we had a 3-0 loss, we had an own goal. There was lots and lots of stuff that happened in that match. Um, and basically, you know, obviously the match happened on Friday. I've just tried to forget about it, enjoy my weekend. Actually, literally 10 minutes before I come on this podcast, we just found out that in our kitchen, um, we've actually got a water leak. So we've had to phone up the insurance people. We've got a plumber coming out tomorrow. Um, so that's a little bit annoying. Tomorrow? But apart from that, that's gonna, yeah, apart from that. That's going to lose a lot of water if they're coming out tomorrow. <laughs> no, there's, there's not this much water. We, we took out our washing machine. We took out our oven. Um yeah, it's very annoying. But hopefully the plumber can can come and get that sorted tomorrow. And apart from that, I've had a pretty uneventful weekend. Um, just trying to for, just trying to forget about the result, really. And luckily the game was on Friday, so Saturday and Sunday, um, I was free just to just to do what I wanted, really. Brendan, um, you know, obviously you watched the game. How, how was your weekend? Yeah, just Friday start with work. Um, finish early. Thanks for having me on, by the way. Um, but finish early with work, so I was able to. Yeah, so just missed the first five minutes. Go on my bike to to my house and watch the game. Uh, unfortunately, of course, uh, the lost. Um, and yeah, then Saturday afternoon got a match. Um, yeah, started it as left midfielder. Um, five nil down at the break. Uh, we came back to four to five, uh, scoring by myself. So that was lovely. Uh, lost five to eight. So not. Yeah, just friendly game. Uh, so nothing happened really there. Um, move on to Sunday. Get a call in the morning from uh, my boyhood club, Sparta, Yerevisi. Uh, can you help us? Because we have a COVID situation with one, one of the bar boys. Uh, so can you be there tonight? Well, I said yes. So went to the game just one hour ago. Came back home. Lost 3-0 as well. So... <laughs> 
not the results as, as I want this weekend, but it's weekend, so you have to love it. Um, you have to be a bit of re- relaxed, but yeah, unfortunately, not the results we want. No, you've not had a very good weekend results-wise, then. If you've lost yourself, Watford's lost and Sparta Rotterdam's lost as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. They say things happen in free, so maybe that, that's <laughs> hopefully that's just that's all what's going to happen to you, mate. But yeah, thank you very much for joining us tonight. And as I say, Brendan is from the Netherlands Watford Supporters Fan Group, which he's set up himself. Um, Brendan, do you want to talk to us quickly about where people can find you and talk about how, when you started this group up? Yeah, I started the group um, in, I think it was May 2020, um, when we are in lockdown, send an email to Watford, is there any official supporters group uh, in the Netherlands? No, there wasn't. Uh, Watford asked me, you want to start up one? Of course I want. Um, and then I was with my with my hat, with my picture on the official page of Watford FC. A um, lot of followers getting in, and I think we have a group of twelve uh, Dutch supporters uh, of Watford FC, and we're connecting each other. Uh, we try to get arranged tickets for away games or home games uh, up to them, um, and we try to up keep a meeting somewhere else in May when it's possible in the Netherlands with COVID situation. Uh, they can find us on Twitter. Um, with a partnership with the Belgian guys, the Benner Hornets, and on Instagram on Watford FC, the Netherlands, or um, WFCNL, hashtag WFCNL. It's the easiest way to find us. Brilliant. Well, make sure, guys, if, if you are from Holland or Netherlands, as it's so called, don't forget to yeah. go check out what Brendan's doing um, and give him a like and follow him and join the groups as well. Because, yeah. Let's try and get the word spread about the, the Netherlands Hornets. and so, Right, so let's get our teeth into this. I, I've, I've been dreading to do this podcast all weekend. Um, it's put me in a shit mood all week. Um, so apologies to my missus and my daughter. Um, why does football do that to you? Um, it just ruins your, mo- your mood. James, you were saying luckily we were playing Friday night. I think it was probably crap that we were playing Friday night because it's, it's ruined Saturday, it's ruined Sunday. It's probably going to ruin all the next week as well. <laughs> and the week after, because we're play- not playing for two weeks now. So it's going to be a long time. You kind of want to react straight away and hopefully like maybe play two, three games after so you can respond and get those three points again. But three points, what are they? Watford haven't heard of three points for so long now, um, since Manchester United, um, so long. And yeah, let's get our teeth into it, sir. Obviously, um, we'll, we'll start with the team news like we always do. So there was four changes to the Watford side. Out was Ben Foster, Craig Cathcart, Jeremy Ngakia and Kushka. Um, ben Foster later announced on Twitter that he was actually missing due to COVID. Um, Watford announced that Craig Cathcart was missing due to illness. So I'll leave that with you to make up your mind whether he's got it or not. We all know that Watford don't announce if the players do have COVID or not. So it's, it's fully up to them and it's up to the personnel to announce if they want to or not, like Ben Foster has done on his um, Twitter page. Um, so the replace those four players that went out um, was Dan Batman returned back in goal. Chris and Cabaselli came in for his first start of the season. 
Kiko Femininga came in at right back and Tom Cleverley returned into the midfield as well. Um, so if you're unsure of the actual starting lineup, it was Dan Backman in goal, uh, right back Kiko Femininga, Cab- Christian Cavaselli, Samir came in for his home debut. Um, also having a home debut was um, Kamara in midfield. It's KMB, Tom Cleverley and Sissoko with the captain's armband. And the three up front was Emmanuel Dennis, Joshua King and Joel Pedro. Obviously, leading up to the game, we all received an email. Whoever had tickets for the game, had season tickets for the game, we all received an email from Musa Sissoko. We've got his signature now. It's on the bottom of the email. We don't need to pester him saying, Mr. Sissoko, can I have your autograph? We've all got it. But what was on that um, emails? It, at the time, it was good. Um, it, it, it got the fan group together. Basically, he, he was pleading for what for fans to turn up. He knew the game was on Sky. We knew a lot of Watford fans, when it happens, when games are on Sky, if it's cold, you're going to stay in and watch it. Um, you're not really going to go to the game. It was encouraging fans to go and give their support because he, he's mentioned in the Manchester United game, Vicarage Road was rocking and we need to try and create that atmosphere to get behind the boys and be the 12th men to try and help us on the way to getting three points and staying in the division. So, but I think that was welcomed across all of the fan base. Um, we all liked that. It was like, brilliant. We've, we've got a message from the captain. We've not had it since Troy Deeney's left and Troy Deeney was normally quite vocal and passionate and showing the leadership. And then we've had this from Sissoko. So, yeah, going into the games, no problem with it at all. The problem, what I forgot about it is they've, they've asked Watford fans to turn up and help the, create the atmosphere, which I think we did spot on. I thought the fireworks, the tribute to Graham Taylor pre-match, absolutely outstanding. Um, fireworks, quickly I mentioned, fantastic. All, way, all the way around the pitch, from the rookery end to in front of a Graham Taylor stand. I think that helped warm the, the fans up, if I'm totally honest, because um, we didn't have much to celebrate last night. Um, so fair play to the 1881s for putting that together. Fair play to all the fans that turned up and brought the, their, their scarves and raised it for Graham Taylor because it was five years to the passing of Graham Taylor that we celebrated. It's just a shame that the players didn't turn up last night, James. Um, that's what's annoyed me for most. They had the the cheek to email all the, player, all the fans to, to plead, turn up. We need your support. We turned up. I can't remember a time I stood up for the whole entire first half in the rookery. Didn't sit down once. We was up, we was behind them, we were singing behind the boys, supporting them all the way. Players were anonymous. I'm still waiting for them to turn up now. Talk to me about the manner of that defeat last night, James. Obviously, we've just lost 3-0 to Norwich City. You shouldn't be losing to Norwich City. You shouldn't be losing 3-0 to Norwich City. And last night, we just saw the players... Where were those players last night, James? Well, I've got to be careful um, how I word this because I don't want to get um, in too much trouble by, by swearing too much. What I would say is, I think I think Ben's right. You know, I've not seen the rookery stand up for that long, for, for a very, very long time. As Ben said, he was up the whole of the first half, um, you know, back it back in the boys. And unfortunately, for whatever reason, which at, at the moment I can't pinpoint, we just didn't. Um, have have the desire to win the game. Norwich from, from minute one really um, looked looked up for it. We you know the first half actually I've got to be honest the first half wasn't actually too bad. I think that overall in that first half we was probably the more dominant team. And me and Ben spoke at half time actually 
Um, and we said, you know, we were relatively happy with, with how that went so far. Obviously, we wanted to then go on and win the game, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but, you know, I was relatively content after the first half. And after that, I don't know what was said at half time. Um, but Dean Smith obviously rallied the troops in terms of in terms of Norwich, and I don't know what Claudio Ranieri said to said to the Watford squad, but it obviously didn't work um, because the attitude in that second half was absolutely um, horrendous. There's only probably two players on that pitch who who could come away from that game, um, you know, be, being proud of what they did, and for me that was João Pedro and Cucho um, Hernandez. Um, the rest of the players for me were you know spineless, dreadful. Um, don't deserve the wages they get paid. Um, and as Ben said, you know, Norwich, you know, you can't be losing to Norwich. If you're losing to Norwich, you do not deserve to stay in the division. Now, I see a lot of fans writing us off already, saying we're going to get relegated, plan for the championship, blah, blah, blah. Yes, I do understand the frustrations. Uh, however, we're not relegated until we're mathematically relegated. Um, and there is plenty more games to go. We're only really halfway through the season in terms of games played. We've got games in hand. Um, the Burnley game is very, very crucial. I think my attitude towards this might change if we lose the Burnley game. Um, but yeah, Ben, I'm not, I'm not a happy boy at all. Yeah. Um, so James, it's good to see that you're your guy who's a, a glass half full, I'd say. Um, Brendan, are you a, a guy? half empty your point um how, how did you feel about the performance from the boys yesterday before we dissect it a bit more like did you think the players actually turned up or cared or showed they cared yesterday well we have to say um i think they start they say they come up for about 20 minutes in the first half um that's we have we have a small amount of time that we play quite okay in that game that was that 20 minutes then the break came and then it looked like they left they left the pitch Mentally, they left the pitch mentally. They were physically there, but mentally not there on the pitch. Um, as the supporters were until uh, the one nil, we tried to get them up until the two nil. And you knew when the two nil falls there, we all knew it was it was the end of the game um, normally. Uh, but yeah, I literally agree with with James there. Uh, we have the Burnley game. That is a very important one. Um, we have some. I think the upcoming six games will be will be very important for us. Uh, games where we can take some points. Um, so is the point half full, half empty? I think it's empty for now, but we have some hope. So <laughs> let's say it's a half point. To, to, to yeah, my my point will be half full. So um, yeah, I think we can take some. We have to take some points in next upcoming six games, um, and we can do if the if. If mentally the players are there, um, yeah, we can do. And probably we can imagine later on uh, the Ryanieri uh, situation, of course, the manager situation at Watford. So, yeah, I, I still have hope. Hope keeps life, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's good that you both have hope. And, well, um, for me, I've tried to remain positive all season, like, there's obviously been cracks that we've seen this season. I've, I've tried to like paper over the cracks a little bit and think, don't worry, it's still early in the season. Like we've got time to change. We've got the January transfer window. We can we can bring in the players that we need. We we know we needed a left back. We needed a centre half. We needed maybe someone in midfield where Cairn base came in. And you just thought, okay, let them come in, let them gel, let them settle down, get used to a new new country, and maybe we could push on in that. But 
it's just so deflating losing to a side like Norwich City. Like they've, I think they've only scored 10, 11 goals this season and four of them came against Watford this season. Um, just to see that Norwich support in the away end, they, they, they didn't stop singing the whole game and they supported their boys and they got the rewards. Like Norwich turned up and they played for their shirt, they played for their badge. They, they just seemed more committed and like Dean Smith has really got a tune out of them and since he's came in he had that new manager bounce they got a result then they had a sticky patch where but I think they won a few no lost a few games in a row but after that that's back to back wins now they won against Everton last week they've won against Watford now six points in two games it's, it's fantastic for a side like Norwich and now they've leapfrogged Watford in the table Watford have obviously dropped into the relegation zone and it's not good to be a Watford fan right now. Like I haven't felt this deflated for so long supporting Watford, purely because I just feel let down by the team. I feel let down by the hierarchy. I feel let down by the manager. And then to hear like the fans singing "Sacked in the Morning" to Ranieri, like you won't get me singing that. But just shows like the disappointment that we've got towards the manager, the team, the fans. Like singing to Norwich, you're going down with Watford, like as well. Like the fans, the fans are giving up. The, the moment that ball went, uh, the goal went in for a third goal. I've never seen Vicarage Road empty so quickly. Like there was, there was what 10, 12 minutes left to the game. I've never seen it empty did, as did quickly you stay as that. To the end, though, ben? I left with three minutes ago. Okay. I, 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 I thought I can't, I can't yeah, have this now. I can, I can safely say I stayed throughout the 15 minutes of extra time. I put myself through all that misery, um, and yeah. I don't think I don't think I've ever left a game early. Even when we've lost seven, eight nil to Man City, I've never left a game early. Um, but yeah. I was very, I was very, very tempted um, against Norwich. I've got to say, yeah, I, I, I don't blame the fans for wanting to leave early as well. Like it, it was a Friday night, but obviously at that point the game got delayed by 10, 15 minutes as well due to the floodlight issues. There's the, the fans who've had, had to get public transport to the game, like trains and buses, and obviously they've got to, they've got to get back to make sure they, they catch those. Otherwise, they're, they're in Watford for a night. And let's be honest, not many people want to stay in Watford sometimes on the best of times. You don't want to be staying in Watford after a 3-0 defeat. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel, I feel so deflated. And like, we're not going to like, look into each goal and say you should have done better here, should have done better there and, and so on like we have done before in other podcasts but I want to discuss the first goal and, and that's the only goal I want to discuss because I, I'm too pissed off and annoyed to dissect every single one but for me well I'll, I'll come to you first Brendan Samir, for me Samir should be doing so much better yeah. I don't know if he's if he's naive because he's just came over from Italy. I don't know if there's minimal contact in Italy. You blow up and you get a foul over in England. That doesn't happen. You've got to be stronger. And for him to try and shepherd the ball out there, try and feel contact, go down, then Puki crosses it and just goes in. It's it's pathetic defending, pathetic goalkeeping by Batman as well. Batman, the moment that happened, Batman was looking at the ref saying. Ref, look at that! What like blow up? But it, yeah. and then his eye was off the ball, and then next minute he Puki was bringing the ball closer to his goal, and then you see Batman having a look at his post to see whereabouts he is positioning wise in front of his goal, and then the the balls ended up in the back of the net. But Brendan, do you think it's down to 
Samir coming from Italy and like him expecting that that would be a foul over there to what it is over in England. I don't know. I don't know if that if that's the thing. I think he overrun himself. It looks like on te- on telly that he overruns himself and and try to get the contact with with Pookie and try to save save himself uh, from a mistake to to go down and to to get the free kick there. Um, but as I knew the con Italian competition not that good. Um, I think they are quite defensive defensively in in that competition. They quite. Uh, if you look to Cellini, uh, um, Stefan de Frey, uh, Danson Dumfries, uh, say some Dutch names who are playing there, um, Matthijs de Ligt, they're all big guys. They all uh, try to force you down and things like that. So I think it's not it's not the way um, that the ref have to blow the whistle. It's it's more the way that he tries to save, uh, save his ass, uh, if I can say that. Mm-hmm. Um to uh, because he's overrun himself, so he makes the mistake before he he makes a touch with Pookie, and um, yeah, in in the Netherlands they will blow the whistle for for things like this, but in England it's just okay. You got contact, you overrun yourself, and I'm totally agree with the referee there to not give any um, free kick for Watford. It's it's just the contact. It's just small, like like a just little push, and he overrun himself. He was yeah. I said overrun himself three times now, so that's the conclusion after all. And yeah. I think, as, as you said, Daniel Bachmann, he he have to keep playing. If the ref is not blowing the whistle, you keep playing. There's always a VAR afterwards. I think if he keeps on playing, he's there. He, he grabs the ball quite easily, and it, it will be not a goal anyway. But uh, yeah, it's a big mistake by Samir for me. Yeah, can I just interject after Brenda quickly because because on that goal. Um, I watched the Tottenham-Chelsea game today and there's a very, very similar incident with Harry Kane and Thiago Silva. Now, if you're listening to the podcast and you don't know what I'm talking about, pause it, go and watch what actually happened and come back to me speaking now because it was basically a mirror image of what happened with Samir and um, and, and Pookie, basically, because Harry Kane um, threw ball into Harry Kane. Harry Kane, you know, lightly taps Thiago Silva. Thiago Silva goes down very, very easily. Harry Kane scores the goal, but then the referee blows up um, and, and basically they, they rule out the goal. So the opposite things happen there. Obviously, the Norwich goal was given, but in the instance of Harry Kane and Tottenham, um, the goal was was disallowed. So as Brendan says, yes, um, obviously in our game, the goal was given. But in that game, the referee and VAR decided the goal should stand. So for me, um, I do think the goal should have stood because Samir went down too easily. But I think there still is issues um, in terms of consistency with referees, because we've seen two instances there in two separate matches where two different decisions have gone different ways. So I think for me, there's definitely still a consistency issue with VAR um, and referees when they make them decisions. Yeah, but I'm going to stay with you, James, with this next one as well. Daniel Batman, talk to me about Daniel Batman and his performance. Um, the one thing that stood out for me was, I think, five, six minutes into the game, Watford wanting to do a quick counter-attack with the ball within, in the hands of Dan Batman. If, he winds me up so much, mate. Like It's not the first time he's done this. I think he did it in the last home game as well, where he, he wants to he wants to do a quick counter-attack and he's looking for the players to, to move up the pitch quickly. But for me, Dan Batman doesn't release the ball out. It's his fucking hands. I think he's doing it like, more for the crowd rather than anything because 
I think both. Yeah, are, but then. Sorry, go on. Might have done that for the crowd, but might have done that for the crowd. But for me, if anything, that got the fans on the back of Dan Batman straight away. And the, the, the moans and the groans started then, and it was unnecessary and it didn't need to happen. And it was all forced down to Dan Batman as well. And I'm, I'm fed up with, with him being the big I am, all because last summer I think Arsenal showed interest in him, Ajax showed interest in him, and Watford said, we're not going to sell him. Um, and I think maybe rumoured to maybe have a £15 million offer for Daniel Batman in the summer. I know hindsight's a, a lovely thing, but don't you wish now, James, that we took 15 million for Dan Batman and, and reinvested it, or even brought in the goalkeeper we've just signed from um, Brendan's second side over in um, Holland's uh, Sparta Rotterdam? Like, we should have maybe looked to get him in earlier because Dan Batman's irritated me so much. And I know there's, I know I'm kind of pointing the finger at him, but he's wound me up the last couple of games now. And I think he's wound up a lot of Watford fans. and we're all on his back now, but he's only got himself to blame. As you say, Ben, I think hindsight is a wonderful thing. Of course, you know, looking back at the game, yes, he should have done a lot better than he did for, for all three goals, I would say. Um, and going back to your issue regarding distribution as well, I think both of our goalkeepers, Foster and Batman, have a real issue distributing the ball. I think Foster holds on for it too, for too long. I think that's come, come from his time at West Brom under Tony Pulis. Um, and Batman, you know, I've said this before, he walks the, um, he talks the talk, he doesn't walk the walk. Um, you know, he, he is dreadful. I'm, we're not, I'm not going to beat around the bush. He's absolutely atrocious. Um, however, it's not just him who's to blame for, for this run of form. And, you know, he's not the reason that Watford are where we are in the relegation zone. That comes from, obviously, the very top of the club um, and all, all the other players who, who are playing for Watford. Obviously, um, the goalkeeping situation has been a real issue, especially this season. Um, I think I think that's been highlighted a lot, especially because of the quality of players they're, they're coming up against. Um, I don't really know where to go from here. I mean, obviously, Ben, I would have loved that £15 million for him in the summer. But I, but I think, to be fair, at the time, Ben, um, I don't yeah. think really we were that keen to sell because I think a lot of Watford fans agreed he did well in the Championship. Um, he looked really promising. He's still relatively young in terms of the career of a goalkeeper. You look at um, Buffon, you know, playing into his 40s. So I think there is still promise there with Backman. However, um, I don't think he's, he's going to, you know, flourish at Watford. I think he's got to find a move elsewhere in the summer. And as you say, we've already brought in a goalkeeper, Meduka Akoya from Sparta, Rotterdam. However, he cannot join until the summer transfer window, which is very, very frustrating. So, um so, yeah, you know, to answer your question, in hindsight, yes, of course, I'd take the £15 million right now. Um, but we unfortunately cannot do that. So, you know, hopefully Ben Foster can, can get back to that Burnley game and, and come back in. But, but yeah, that, that's my thoughts on, on the goalkeeping situation at Watford. I honestly don't think we'll get £5 million from him now. If a club showed interest in him, I honestly don't think we'll get £5 million from him. I think £5 million would be a push. Um, Brendan, because you're on the channel, you're obviously from Holland. Uh, Sparta Rotterdam is your second side. That is your side over in um, Holland. Talk to me about this Dutch goalkeeper we've signed, just to give a bit of insight for all the listeners and um, viewers that we've got. Um, let's talk about Akoi. Good signing for Watford? Yeah, definitely. Um, I have to be honest, when we signed him as a Sparta Rotterdam side, uh, we signed a German, uh, born Nigerian, uh, and a uh, born German, 
and he played for Nigeria. And we signed him as a youth keeper as we got injuries at, at the club. Um, he came in for a cup tie game against Ado de Haig. Um, that's a team from Daryl Yamat. So we mentioned a former Watford player there. Um, and he done he does well at that game. Um, he stay in the game and yeah, he's like he's like a the Black Panther. You can call him like that. He's he's that that great. Just the reflexes on the line. Um, it's lovely. It's a very tall goalie. Um, he is in meters. I'm gonna say the meters. Not most one sixty nine meters long, uh, tall. So very tall guy. Um, young. He's still young. Uh, plays for Nigeria every game. Um, hopefully he's there. So yeah, he's lovely. He's he's done so well in 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 last season. Uh, this season he had a bit of injury um, in November, so he was up until December. Just played three games last weeks. Um, but I, yeah, I can imagine he will be Watford's number one next season. And he's 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 done well on reflexes. He has a lovely kick and rush uh, ball. He can kick it on to 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 the next goal um, if he wants. Uh, he can save penalties as well. So, yeah, if I have give him um, a number, he will get a seven or eight at the moment. So he still can grow up uh, until Watford's number one goalie, if you ask me. Yeah, that's promising to hear. And it's just a shame we haven't got him at the moment. And who knows, is, is he is he going to be Watford's number one in the Premier League next season? Or is he going to be Watford's number one in the Championship? Yeah, um, I imagine if we're in the championship, he might want to get a loan elsewhere because he's probably been promised Premier League football. Um, so I, I don't know how that's going to work out. I'd love to see him stick with Watford. Um, but well, we'll, well, we'll see what happens. I think I think um, if we're going into the championship, he would have stayed to Watford because going from top division in the Netherlands uh, to the championship. Is still a tier higher, uh, in my opinion, where he plays now, yeah. because <laughs> because the championship is just just a little bit better than than uh, the top tier here in the Netherlands. Um, outstanding than Ajax, PSV, Feyenoord, and Asa Alkmaar. But yeah, if you play Sparta into the championship, probably they will go down. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how it stands and. I think he will be happy as a championship uh, player as well. Yeah, that's refreshing to hear. Um, so, yeah, hopefully he'll, he'll be here whatever division we'll be in next season. And um, Let's talk about Emmanuel Dennis, James. Um, for me, since that call-up with Nigeria, he's not been the same player. I know it's easy to use that as an excuse, but I think his attitude's not been great since then. Um Things haven't worked out for him. I'm not, not even sure if he's... He has scored. He scored against West Ham, didn't he? He scored that beautiful goal against West Ham in the first half. But other than that, since the call-up, it's not really done much. He got subbed off at Newcastle. He was sent off Friday night for two silly... Well, one silly yellow card. The first one, I think, he just got there a little bit too late um, and it was always he was always going to get a yellow card for that. The second one was needless. He didn't need to go in for that. Um, I think that was just frustration from Emmanuel Dennis' point of view. Um, but 
what's going on with him? Like we've all heard about Emmanuel Dennis and his attitude problems. Um, and it's hard to get a tune out of him sometimes in his previous club. We've seen Emmanuel Dennis, who's maybe sulking a little bit for not going to Nigeria. And now we might have some attitude issues with him. It's a very, very interesting discussion to have. I, I want to quickly take back to Claudio Ranieri's quotes after the game, because I do think they're quite telling in that situation. Um, and basically, Claudio Ranieri, to, to, to basically state the obvious, he, he said... Um, some of the Watford players were selfish. Now, obviously, he didn't mention the names of them Watford players, but obviously, you know, considering Emmanuel Dennis got sent off in the game, um, you know, he wasn't releasing the ball quick enough. Um, you know, I think you can maybe correlate that that statement Ranieri made to Emmanuel Dennis. Um, and, you know, Ben, I think you've stated the obvious, you know, obviously he, he didn't travel to, to Nigeria for, for AFCON and that has coincided with what ultimately has been a really, 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 really um, poor run of form for him. And I don't really know where to go from here. I do think the red card was very unfair and very unlucky. I do have to be honest there. Um, you know, I think that I've watched that second challenge back many, many times. And I think Mike Dean was really harsh to, to send him off for that. He, re- he barely even made contact with the Norwich player and the Norwich player fell over like they'd been shot. Um, in the chest. So I think that's more the Norwich player um, play acting rather than Manuel Dennis putting in a really, really bad challenge. And, you know, we know what Mike Dean's like as well. You know, if you are going to put in a challenge like that, you know, in front of Mike Dean, you are always risking something. But I do think that was very, very undeserved. In terms of where he actually goes from here, I don't I don't really know what's going to happen now. Of course, he'll miss the, uh, the Burnley game coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Um, which is, again, very frustrating because he, he is our talisman at the moment. He's the guy who, who scored the goals for Watford. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's just a frustrating situation for me overall. And, and yeah, you know, we obviously heard about attitude issues before he came. We've not actually really seen anything in that regard um, at Watford. And he, he might not have any attitude problems at all, but from what we've seen on the pitch, um, from, what, from what Ranieri said after the game, um, I think one plus one equal two, and you know you, you can make your mind up and in you know on what's happening with that situation. So I hope he can get back to his um, best performances, but at the moment, um, really unimpressed. Really unimpressed by many um, attacking players. Actually, Joshua King, another one we we can maybe discuss. Um, yeah. But yeah, hopefully um, Emmanuel Dennis can can get back to his best as soon as possible. Yeah, we'll touch on Josh King very briefly now because I've got we got like a little topics of what we want to go through and now we're kicking them off nicely but the next one I've came to is floodlights have gone out and I've written this down purely because of what I felt should have happened when the floodlights went out and there was there was nothing evident that was happening on the pitch prior to the floodlights going out so in my eyes I was thinking let's this is a perfect opportunity to have another team talk let's get the lads in let's have a huddle and let's try and sort out a plan to try and get back into the game. Because prior to that, we were losing. We weren't in the game. There was no intensity. Um, we we were just poor. There was no one showing they wanted the ball. There was well, no what, desire. What was the score at that point? We were 2 nil down at that point, weren't we? It, yeah, it was 2-0 down. Um, I can't, can't, can't remember. Um, to be fair, it's, it's all a big blur. Um, but yeah, should have organised a team huddle. Um, so I'm, I'm putting that down to Claudio Ranieri. I'm putting that down to the leaders in the side. If there is any leaders in the side, because on the yesterday's performance, it's evident that there was no leaders um, showing yesterday. 
And that's surprising when you've got the likes of like Tom Cleverley on the pitch who's had to catch him in armbands before. You've, you've got Musa Sissoko who's got captain at the moment. You've got experienced players with like Christian Cabaselli. Not one of them's like, come on, lads, let's get in. Let's just talk about it. But Josh King, for me, was worst of a bunch in that situation. Slowly, there was a there was little trickle of players heading back to the touchline to get a drink of water, seeing what Claudio might say or his assistants might say. But there was um, Josh King over towards, in between maybe the, the centre circle and the uh, Graham Taylor stand, crouched down. A good 30 to 60 seconds he was crouched down. The only person to cover that area of the pitch. I just thought, what is wrong with you? Like we've heard about the attitude problems from Joshua King at Bournemouth when it was starting to go sour. There was another highlight for me as well with Josh King, where we was on the attack and he was on the, he was way offside. He was in an offside position by about 15, 20 yards. Oh my God. And he was just standing there or, or he was slowly walking back into the onside position, but there was no urgency from him. I was thinking, what is wrong with you, man? Like, Come on, like he hasn't scored a goal for absolutely ages. Last goal he scored was in our Premier League win at Leicester City, and that was a penalty. So he scored from a penalty spot. Well done, Josh King. What else has he really contributed lately? Because his pressing's not really been there since. I don't know. The pressing, I want to talk about that as well. Like, where has Claudio Ranieri's pressing game gone? Because that's not been evident since the Chelsea game. We've not seen it against Man City, which is probably why we that was probably we wanted to sit back against Manchester City because you know if you're going to press them high up the pitch you're going to be picking the ball out of the back of the net five seconds later but against the West Ham game there was none against Spurs there was none Leicester there was none the Leicester FA Cup game there was none like where's where's that gone is he is he suddenly changed his philosophy and being like that let's not um do the high press anymore because it was working. We just needed to shut out the back door and we needed to be a bit more defensively solid, but that was down to individual errors. So, Brendan, what, let's talk about Josh King. How do you feel about Josh King and what is contributing to Watford at the moment and his attitude? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you guys um, get it in, in, in the stadium when Sharp Petra go go for, for own opportunity on goal. Yeah, in the first half. Yeah, I think it was in the first half and Josh King was quite in a good position and then got the ball. Um, he was furious on, on Sharp Pedro and, and Sharp Pedro was saying, OK, come on, we have to go on and, and next time we will play it to you and you have to score. And you saw King was keeping uh, furious on, on, on Sharp, Sharp Pedro and, and that's the thing. You have to go move on after, after a situation like that. OK, you'll be furious for... 30, sec- 30 seconds, half a minute, it's okay. Uh, give each other a hand, uh, heads up, and go on to the next, move on to the next uh, situation. Um, he didn't, he keeps us in, in, in his mind for for 20 minutes, it looks like. Um, I didn't see what happens uh, after the lights go out, but um, if you do like that, just go go up, go in, into the dressing room or something like that. Even Mike Dean is asking, can we start, can we not? Um, just go go inside with 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 eleven guys. Go inside, get each other uh, up, um, heads up. We were one 0 down in that moment, if I'm not mistaken. Um, just one goal, guys. Come on, um, things like that. Just just to talk. Um, just as you said, we got the cabasader there. 
We've got Sissoko there. We've got Cleverly there. There are three guys to 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 keep it to do it. Um, and if ha- something happens like that with uh, with Josh King, um, someone they have get a talk with him. Um, just just four eyes. Just get with two people. Just talk with him and and get him up and get his head up. Um, yeah, and then and then what was the situation afterwards? Um, you you mentioning there? I was forgot. I forgot your second second question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've kind of forgotten a little bit as well. I'm just ranting about it. Absolutely everything at the moment. So yeah, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> I want to like stop talking about the game now because I don't want to press everyone anymore. Um, obviously, Watford ended up losing three 0 to fellow strugglers Norwich City. Norwich have moved the bus bus in a table now and obviously the final missile went. Um, Rumours start spreading about Claudio Ranieri maybe leaving Watford and it took him a long time to come out of the dressing room to go to Sky to do an interview. Um, he obviously came out and said he's got a good relationship with the Pozos, which he's known for a number of years. Um, but since then, uh, I think deep down all Watford fans knew after 10 defeats in 13 games, the writing's on the wall. Um, it, it's not been good enough. It's not been pretty. For me, he's picked up two victories in 14 games. Um, two victories against a poor Everton side, managed by Rafael Benitez. Uh, I don't think that was a massive result. I know we came from behind a couple of times, but it was a poor Everton side. We've beaten Manchester United at home. Another fantastic result against the side struggling. Manchester United struggling as well. We've picked up victories against teams who are struggling this season. Opening game of the season, Villa was depleted by COVID, injuries. We caught them on a good day and won. We caught Everton on a bad day and won. We caught Manchester United on a bad day and won. We, we, we played away at Norwich and picked up three points, but they were struggling at the time as well. We've not done massively great under Claudio Ranieri. So the writing was on the wall. He's a lovely guy, but for me, you can't lose 10 out of 13. You've you've got to do more. So for me, I kind of wanted him to go. It's not been announced yet, but before we came on there, news was breaking from the Telegraph that Watford were looking to make a change. Um, It was Jason Bentz from the Telegraph saying that Claudio Ranieri will be sacked by Watford once they have identified his successor as head coach. The dismissal of a a 70-year-old Italian could come this week with the Premier League strugglers targeting out-of-work head coaches who can take take over immediately. Where have we heard that before? Out-of-job head coaches. It frustrates the Watford fan base again, really, doesn't it? Um, it is understood that the club wants to make the change quickly to give the new man as much time as possible to prepare for the crucial feature against Burnley. Um, it goes on to say that Fabio Cannavaro, who was interviewed last week for the Everton job, and he was actually in the stands for Watford game against Liverpool um, earlier on in the season, has been linked with a Watford job with taking over, but it's understood that he's not interested. And to be honest, I don't blame him um, for not wanting to take the job. Who would really want to take this job at the moment? Um, unless you want to take a job for six months and receive a massive payout at the end of it. Um, 
there's not much really to be attractive about Watford at the moment. James, do you do you feel sorry for Claudio Ranieri? Um, is he a bit unhard hard done by to lose his job after the run of fixtures he's had, the COVID, the injuries? Like, do you feel sorry for him? I do feel really sorry for him, actually. And I think, really, um, he's not to blame for any of this at all. Yes, um, obviously, as you mentioned, Ben, you know, the runner form should, should have been better. He should have done better in, in several games. Um, West Ham was a real opportunity. Yesterday was obviously a real opportunity um, against Norwich. Um, and there's a couple of other games as well. Chelsea, we should have done better. Um, but to be honest, he's just collateral damage. And, you know... Is, is, we're, we're just restarting the process again. In terms of who, who I'd like to bring in, um, obviously, as you say, it's pretty much been confirmed there by the Telegraph. He has been sacked. I believe he was pictured leaving Heathrow Airport earlier today as well, which is such a shame. Um, but there we go. Claudio Ranieri is off. Lovely guy. Same as Cisco. Really, really nice guys. Wish them all the best. And unfortunately, because of these ridiculous owners we've got, um, you know, they're, they're just... They're, they're, they're basically just, you know, dog food to, to the owners. They, they don't care, really. They're just bringing someone else and, you know, another six months' time, uh, you know, an- another guy will be sat. So I think Diego Martinez is a good option. Uh, Frank Lampard, a good option as well. I wouldn't mind bringing in Frank Lampard. I think for me, we just need someone who, when the going gets tough, we stick with them. You know, if we bring Frank Lampard in, if we bring Martinez in, whoever it may be, if they lose 10 games in a row, stick with them. If we get relegated, just stick with them. Build a team to match their philosophy. Don't bring in these random players from Colombia, uh, Italy, that we've never heard of. You know, buy players the manager wants to fit their philosophy and they can get a, you know, because Watford don't have a style of play. You know, if It's not hard, is it, James? Well, Ben, if, if someone asked you right now, you know, in fact, let me ask you right now, right? Um, so Do it. Was advocate. What is Watford's style of play? Because I've got no idea whatsoever. <laughs> no idea whatsoever. Exactly, exactly. Brendan, what's Watford's style of play? Uh, I don't know, mate. Which manager? You don't know? I, don't, I don't know either. And I think what we need to do is, you know, when was the last time Watford had a manager who was at the club for over, let's say, two years? Because off the top of my head, I can't really, um, in the last five, eight years, think think of someone who's been here for that long. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. You look at Burnley, what they've done with Sean Dyche. They've been awful this season. Same as Watford. We've both been just as bad as each other, but they've stuck with Dyche. They've got a good draw against Arsenal today. The football might not be pretty, but I guarantee you, if they stick with Dyche until the end of the season, they've got a much better chance of staying up than Watford. And that's the real issue for me. We need to stick with someone. I was very happy to stick with Ranieri, regardless of what happened against Norwich. Um, so yeah, for me, it's just a ridiculous situation. Um, I am getting to the point where I'm starting to question uh, Scott Duxbury's position, Gino's position. Um, I really am because I think it's getting to the point where it is ridiculous. I know people always say, but James, they saved the club, blah blah blah. I don't care anymore, you know, they they saved the club, fantastic, that's great, they've done their job, they they solidified us in the championship, they built a team to get us promoted. We reached the FA Cup final. Ever since the FA Cup final, we've been on a downward spiral. Um, and ultimately, they've taken us as far as they can. Nearly every club in the Premier League is owned by a billionaire owner or a club that has significant backing from investors. It's only really us, Burnley and Norwich, who um, who have owners with, with 
you know, little funds to, to fund the club and you can see where we all are on the table. So I think Gino needs to look to potentially sell the club or at least get external investment to, to build a better playing squad. And, and ideally for me, um, give Watford a philosophy again, because we've not had a philosophy for, for many years. Yeah, it's it's going over to the hierarchy side now. Like with the with the Pozos, I'm I'm not like in the camp of saying Pozos out because I don't. I, I, but they've made mistakes, and it's evident that they had made mistakes. And the the main mistakes have all happened since our FA Cup semi final. Um, since then, it's been mistake after mistake. Um, getting rid of Habby too early into the season when they should have given him more time. They should have backed him. Like you say, James, when was the last time we've actually brought in a player for the head coach? It doesn't happen. We end up recruiting players in just because they're either cheap, they're, they're, they're young and they've got a good um, resale, um, they can earn a lot of money for the club. But when was the last time we dipped into like the championship and signed a form player? The Poslos will never go down there and buy like a Jared Bowen who's like banging in the goals to the hole. He's got potential. He's going to kick on and take you to that next well, I, level. I'll tell, tell you what's ridiculous though. You know, we've signed Hassan Kamara, Samir, Edu Kayembe for Claudio Ranieri. And two games into them new signings being at the club, Claudio Ranieri has supposedly brought these guys in. Two games in, uh, he's going to get sacked. And these new signings are going to be under a new manager when they thought they were going to play under Claudio Ranieri. So, yeah. I mean, sorry to interrupt you, Ben, but I just think the whole model at Watford just does not work anymore. FIFA have just recently changed um, regulations regarding loans as well. So clubs can only loan out six players and loan in six players as well. So that that essentially ruins the model because think how many players we, we've got on our books loaned to other clubs. Um, I just think the whole structure of the club needs to change. As you say, Ben, we need to invest in young talent from the football league. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's just absolutely, you know, for me, I'm just fed up of the situation. And ultimately, you know, we, we're going to become a yo-yo club. You know, we go down, have a great season. <laughs> come back up, get relegated, go down, have a great season, come back up, get relegated. You know what, so. at, at the moment, I'll take being a yo-yo club because I really fear for Watford if they get relegated next this season because I don't think we could bounce back. I think we're going to lose a lot of players and I think it will take a while to rebuild to come back up. We might end up struggling and end up being like a QPR where you've got to strip everything back and then you go again and you have to build with youngsters to try and get back into the division. So. I would take being a yo-yo club to come back up um, next season because, honestly, I can't see it happening. But uh, I just feel like with the Pozzos, their model is dated now. At the start, it was fantastic. And they, they were miles ahead of all the other club owners with like their scouting networks and all that. But other clubs are caught up with that now. And they maybe even gone a little bit further. Look at Brentford with all their data analysts that they do to recruit players. Like they've they've overtaken Watford in that department, whereas Watford are still back down at that level. Um, and I just think that's really poor. Um, the way they've neglected our youth system as well. Um, they've kept it at like, is it? You might know a little bit more about this, James, but I haven't Watford. They're like grade two or something in the academy um, league, so it means. 
people in Category 1, like the likes of Manchester United, Chelsea, Man, Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal, like all the big side, they can come in and basically poach all the younger talents from us. Where if, if you were serious about the youth team wanting to get young players through the academy, you would make Watford a, a Cat 1 academy. And I think... I think you just have to apply for it and pay a little bit more and show that you're putting in a bit more money into that to get that approved. So I don't know why, because we've seen so many players leave the Watford Academy. Like a couple of weeks ago, we lost someone to Chelsea. In the summer, we've lost someone to Celtic. We've lost someone to Manchester City. We've obviously lost Jadon Sancho, but that was that was going to happen because of the talent that he's got. But these other players, they're all getting poached from Watford. And for the Pozos to be at Watford coming up to 10 years, and we've not had a homegrown player come through that academy in 10 years, that's failure. I, th- that's I, think, I, think the blame, I think some of the blame, though, can go on the managers we've recru- recruited because you have to understand they're under so much pressure to keep their job at Watford. They don't know if they're going to be here three weeks, three months, three yeah. years. They've got no idea whatsoever. And does, um, you know, does Claudio Ranieri really want to be putting all his trust to save his job in someone from the academy, if you've got a manager who knows he's going to be backed and be supported, even when the going gets tough, um, they might be willing to, to give some of these academy players a go. But I think for me, you make a great point. I just think the managers are scared to use these players, um, you know, when they've got more established players at their disposal, when in actuality, you know, some of these academy players are so, so talented. You mentioned Jaden Sancho. Mm. Um, you know, the three the three players mentioned who have been poached by other clubs just recently. They've got so much talent coming out of that Watford Academy. Um, Bakayo Saka was at Watford. Harry Kane was at Watford. Um, you know, Galvez um, is, is a left back. He recently went to Manchester City. You'll probably see him play for, play for Pep in a couple of years. So it's so, so frustrating. Um, I don't really have much else to say. I, I, basically, as I said earlier, the model needs to change. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd really like to get an English manager in um, who understands the fans, who understands the ethos of the club, um, who's willing to give these young players a go. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's just I just find it all very, very frustrating. Yeah, to, like, I, I see where you're coming from as well. Like, it is down to, like, the head coaches not being there long enough. Cause I thought it before, it's like head coaches aren't, there long enough to be having an eye on the younger players thinking oh in a, in a year's time I'm going to have this lad and I'm going to show him this and improve his game and then he's going to be on the bench for Watford and then he's going to be we'll, he'll be starting week in week out for us and we can see a lot of potential in him Watford managers at the moment they're at a club for maybe about six months and then they're gone so then that head coach and the progression with that younger player would be completely gone and it would have to start from scratch again and then you've got a new guy coming in and he's like, who are these younger players? And it's like, like a good example of it. I know it wasn't academy players, but look at what Javi Gracia did with Domingos Quina in the Premier League. Like he was nurturing and getting him up to speed to play in Premier League football. He, he was a bench player. He was coming in when he was featuring, he was playing well. And then obviously Javi's got sat. He didn't really feature for the rest of the season after that uh, Quinner, and then we know what's happened to him since he is is out on loan from Watford. He's gone to Fulham, and his he, his career's gone downhill. I just feel like we haven't got the managers here long enough to try and get these younger players through. And like Watford being a side who proud themselves on younger players coming through, and like Graham Taylor having players from like the local area 
we haven't got that now. And so many Watford fans feel so disconnected with the football club. And it's it's it falls to the, the door of Scott and Gina. I just feel like they, they have done brilliant stuff with the football club. Don't get me wrong. They have had success. But now I'm thinking there's probably been more disappointments in success. Um, where do we go from here, Brendan? Like, do Watford actually we do we just start preparing for the championship? Because it's it doesn't look great at the moment. Well, I think that I think that two papers on on the table at the moment at Watford Football Club. To be honest with you, plenty staying up in the Premier League. Plan B Championship side. Um, we have to keep some players uh, as we as we go down. Uh, we will lose a lot of players as we go down. Uh, but I love I love to mention uh, a academy uh, player coming up. Um, things like that. We have a lot in Netherlands where the money is not like in in England um, in the top tier. You get a lot of academy players coming through. Uh, making steps afterwards, um, what we saw at Sparta. I don't know if you guys, uh, yeah, you all guys knew Anwar Agazi starting at the Academy of Sparta and then going on at Sparta, going to Ajax and now playing for Everton. Uh, we see Downs and Dumfries playing for the national team, coming just from Academy Kit um, and, and growing through a few steps, growing up to, to the top of Europe. Um, so I love to see. Uh, getting academy players true, um, as we see a lot in the in the championship as well, um, where the academy players more get a chance than in in Premier League sides. Um, as we see Chalabar playing for Chelsea now, he did very well. Um, so you got some players uh, from the academy; they they going on and and coming into the team. So uh, that's always something to to remind of um, to get in your club uh, to get the the fear in them. Um, to to play for your club, to play good, um, let them make some mistakes. If they make mistakes, it's not. Yeah, of course, it it hurts, but not that much. If like a Cabasello or a other cleverly will do, or some, something like that. Um, but to go on to your question about the plan E, plan B for championship and staying up uh, in the Premier League, oh, it will be a hard one. It will be hard to to keep some players like Sharp Pedro. Probably he will leave to a Premier League side. Uh, as we go down, uh, Kiko will probably leave. Um, maybe Cabasela will leave. So I'm mentioning already three players there were quite important um, for us in the in recent recent seasons. Um, but yeah, we have to change something um, into the higher tier of, of our club. Um, get some fresh fresh energy in. Um, and get some manager longer uh, than six months. Because as we saw with Siskio Munoz, he had seven points um, after, what was it, nine games, I think. And he has been, he has, he has been, he has been gone at our club. Um, he's done better than uh, Claudio Ranieri, if you see the numbers. So, yeah. Yeah, I think when Watford stats Cisco, Watford were fourteenth in the table. Yeah, we we, we t- they took the same amount of 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 um, points uh, at the moment, seven out of seven both. Um, but Cisco got less games than um, 
than Ranieri gets. So we have to get a bit of fear in our manager to keep him, to st- stick with him, as, as James said. Um, that's probably we can call Ronald Koeman. He's, he's, he's free on free agent at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and there were some rumours that Pep Guardiola will join um, the national team of the Netherlands uh, in this morning. Um, oh, really? Is that, yeah, that actually yeah. real? Yeah, I heard it on 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 the tally this afternoon, but it will be some some big rumours uh, in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just give give Ronald Koeman a call, who was uh, at Everton uh, once. Uh, he did very well at the Dutch team. He he makes from scrap a good team. He built a good team. So yeah, we can call him if if Ronnie is uh, <laughs> has been sacked. Um, do you, do you have his number, lost. Brendan? Do you do you have his number in your phone book? No, I, I don't have <laughs> I will. I will get a try to to get his number to call him to call him for Watford for the Watford job. Um, good, good. But yeah, we have to we have to find a way. Um, if we stay up, we can keep players like Sharp Pedro, of course. But there have some. We need some refreshments uh, in the top of our club. Yeah, well, that, definitely. Um, I, I I agree with you, mate. Um, it's it's the next appointments. I feel it's it's crucial for Watford and the Pozos. We whoever we appoint, I just hope it's not a six month thing where they they bring someone in and just give them a six month contract and say, look, just do a job this season, try and keep us up, and then we'll reassess things and probably look for someone else next season. Let's yeah. look for a bigger picture now. We need to bring someone in with an eye, and he's got to be realistic and know that. Watford could go down this season and he's got to be okay with managing in the championship if that happens. So I know that narrows like the the short list of managers that might be available, but we've got to look at projects now. We've got to look at philosophies. We've got to look at changing the model of the Pozos a little bit. We, we need to start looking at recruitment. There's so much that needs to happen now and it's not going to happen overnight, but this next appointment for head coach is so vital. For me... I know you both said that, um, Brendan, you've said about Ronald Koeman. James, you've said about Martinez or Lampard. I, I think that the more likely one would probably be Martinez because he, he did, uh, he's worked under the Pozos before at Granada. Um, he took them from a second tier into La Liga Premier and took them into Europa League. I, I'm not saying that he's going to get Watford into Europa League, but his CV looks really impressive and it was attractive football and he was aggressive with his press as well. And I do think we've got the players to have aggressive press and, and that should be our philosophy, really. But, but if that but, doesn't happen, then maybe I'd, I'd want Frank Lampard to come in. Someone the fans know, not because of the Watford connection, but because of how good of a footballer he was in this country, how passionate he was for Chelsea. What yeah. the work he did at Derby County as well. The, the, the chairman backed him. I know Derby in financial troubles now because they overbacked him, and now they're they're really struggling. And I really hope the situation changed for Derby County because they're a fantastic football club, and no football club should be going through what they're going through at the moment. To think that they could be out of existence in a couple of weeks is really terrifying, and I hope that doesn't happen. But the work that Frank Lampard did there to try and get them promoted if they got to the playoff final. They lost to an Aston Villa side who was a very good Aston Villa side. They kept the core of their Premier League side. Jack Grealish was in that. So 
it was always going to be an uphill battle for Derby to get promoted that season. But if we was going to go get someone who's English, I'd probably want Frank Lampard. But you've got to look at the project now for Watford. You've got to look long-term. You can't keep doing short-term. I'm not saying give them a three-year contract or anything, but let's look at a one-year rolling contract or something or a two-year contract and just say, look, even if we go down, you're our man. We're going to back you. I don't care if we lose eight out of the next remaining games or something. You're our man. Tell me what players you want to bring in at the end of the season. Be realistic. and We'll do our best to bring those players in. Include the head coach in your decisions. Don't just be like, we've looked on YouTube. These three players look good. We've recruited them in. You do your best and try and get them to play a tune for you and try and keep you in the Premier yeah. League. It doesn't work like that. Like, come on, let's be realistic. But look, let's call it a day there. I feel a little bit better after ranting there. James, you feel better? Brendan, you feel better? I yeah, think so. I think so. My blood pressure's I... come down slightly. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, me. Well, maybe we can court Troydini to to get the manager job there. Stop, stop with with Birmingham. Come to Watford. Get us, get us up. Stay us up there. Yeah, well, yeah. The one thing that I, I do think we kind of regretted this season is I, I know Troydini's kind of lost his legs and he wasn't going to be playing Premier League football, but for him yeah, but, to leave the football club yeah. and not be part of the coaching team with his knowledge, his care for the club as well. I think Watford have suffered massively and I, I, I hope he does return in some kind of capacity soon because um, I don't think he will have many years left or a year left or whatever but he needs to come back to his football club and be installed even if like an academy manager and just work his way up get his badges because I know that's important to him he wants to get his badges but yeah but let's, let's end the show there we've all had a, a lot to say it's been I feel a a lot better after talking about that. Like, obviously, I, I still feel numb about the performance and that. Um, but it's been good to talk about what's the issues at Watford and giving our views and our opinions without sharing that with all of our listeners and people that watch on YouTube. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe, um, like the page, comment on the below, and um, we do see all those messages that you um you give us um if if you're if you see this come up on twitter give it a retweet let other people see about the voices of the vic and just finally just thank you for all sticking with us i know um we've gone through a little um um a little transition a little transition yeah like thank you for staying with us through this transition where obviously mont's not been available as often or he hasn't been available since he's made his announcement has he (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but it's me and james doing it every week and we're, we're looking to get people on each week now to help us out this week we thought we'd get brendan on um to help us out so he's been our special guest this week so thank you very much brendan for joining us we'll probably get you on again this season at some point um but yeah if you're if you're interested in maybe coming on and being a third member of the voices of vic to be a special guest or something let us know just drop us a dm and we'll see if we can fit you in this season um because it'll be good to get the fans point of view like me and james are fans as well but like someone who's not connected to the podcast to come on and 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 rant about watford basically because we're here to help (laughs) (laughs) and and this is a bit of a therapy session so yeah thank you for um everyone for listening and we'll be back soon. James came up with the idea that we'll do a podcast next week. It's the end of transfer window next Monday. 
Um, so we'll talk about what we've done in a transfer window. Hopefully, we'll bring in a couple of pl- more players. But why bring in players if a head coach isn't going to be? <laughs> um, I, d- I don't know what's going on. But yeah, thank you very much, guys. And we'll see you soon. So come on, you all. Podcast Network. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.